Welcome to the Growing in Love for Life podcast, where it's all about saving and strengthening your marriage and creating the relationship you really deserve and want to have. And now, from growinginloveforlife.com, relationship and marriage coach and best-selling author, your host, Liam Naden. Episode 60 of the Growing in Love for Life podcast. And hello everyone again, it's Liam Naden joining you once again with some ideas to help you to save and strengthen your marriage. And what I'm going to be talking about today is is really an extremely powerful and important area, and it's the area of influence. You know, so many people contact me and say, how do I get my husband or my wife to change their mind? How do, I get, how do I influence them? How do I have a, some sort of say in what they do so that they'll want to, to stay in our marriage? And how do I influence their behavior and my, and my own behavior to create a much better relationship between us? And of course, I cover these in, in great detail in my program, but in my programs, rather, my seven-day Stop Your Divorce and my particularly the 30-day Save Your Marriage Relationship Transformation program has a lot of this information in it. But there are really three things that I want to cover today that get to the very heart of not only how you influence your spouse, but really how you influence anybody that you have a relationship with. So the information I'm going to share could actually apply also to your business relationships, perhaps with your other staff if you or the people you work with. And other personal relationships that you have, other family members, your friends, really these principles apply to anybody that you deal with. And so once you know these three, then you'll be able to use them to much more powerfully create better relationships with anybody. But in particular, what I want to apply them to today is your marriage and the relationship you have with your spouse or your partner. So we're going to look at how do you really influence them in a positive way? And how do you get them to change their mind if perhaps they want to leave your marriage? Or perhaps if they've even gone already, how do you get them to want to change their mind to come back? And how do you get them to want to work positively on relationship, to rebuild it, to create it or recreate it back to where it used to be and to where it becomes even better? So let me start by asking you a few questions that you really need to think about before we go on. And that is, first one, how much influence do you really have on your spouse? And how successful are you at getting them to commit to your relationship, and to commit to you, in fact, and to working on your relationship? And in fact, how successful are you in getting them to want to make your relationship a priority? to want to stay in your marriage or your relationship. Now, if your answers to these questions are, well, not much or even none, then I'm willing to bet it's because the three things that I'm going to talk about, which are the three keys of influence, I call them, these three things are missing. Now, there's one real basic secret to influence, and I think influence, creating positive influence, in your spouse or anyone else for that matter, really comes down to to two things. In fact, you really only have two goals when you want to influence anyone. And goal number one is to make them feel good about you. 
Now that's pretty obvious, isn't it? That you can't really influence somebody if they don't feel good about you. They won't even want to talk to you or consider your point of view or listen to what you have to say. So you, your goal is to make the other person, and this what we're talking about specifically here is your spouse or your partner, you want them to make them feel good about you. But there's another goal which isn't quite so obvious when it comes to influencing someone, and that is you want to make the other person feel good about themselves. And of course it seems obvious when I mention it, isn't it, that you think about your, your relationships with other people. When you're with somebody who makes you feel good, you're much more open to them, and you're much more likely to want to spend time around them, which of course is your goal if you want to save your marriage. You have to get your spouse to want to feel good about you and feel good about themselves so that they actually want to spend time with you and they want to stay with you. So again this brings up the questions. How good does your spouse feel about you? Do you get the feeling that they enjoy being around with you or are they really looking for an excuse not to be around with uh, be around you? And if your marriage is in trouble, it's obviously the latter. They don't want to be around you. If they did, they wouldn't want to leave. And how good do they feel about themselves? You know, going through a marriage separation or through rocky times in a marriage is pretty stressful. But how do they feel about themselves? Are they moody? Are they depressed? Are they uncommunicative? Are they unhappy? They probably are all of these things, and you probably are as well. So that shows you that your two goals, to make them feel good about you and to make them feel good about yourself, really are the keys to influencing your spouse in a positive way and getting your marriage back on track. Okay, so what are the three things, the three keys to influencing your spouse? Now just before I mention what they are, and you'll see that they're pretty obvious, one, one important thing to remember is that they're not only things that you must have in your relationship if you want to influence your spouse, and I've already stressed that, but they're also the fundamentals, the three fundamentals of all great relationships. And if you've listened to many of the podcasts before, you'll know that one of the things I've done is I've looked at the difference between great relationships and relationships that are struggling or falling apart. And these three keys are present in all great relationships, and they're very strong in all great relationships. And they're not present in poor relationships or relationships that are going in the wrong direction. And here's another thing as well. They're things that probably were, in fact, I'd be willing to bet they were in your relationship early on when things were going well, but they're not there now. I also want to remind you of a point I made earlier, that these three keys aren't complicated. In fact, you probably think they're more than obvious, but the point is, I'd be willing to bet, even though they're obvious, they're not things that you're doing. And that's why your marriage isn't where you want it to be. Now, there are, of course, it brings up the question, even when you know something, it's not enough to know it. You need to do it. And that can be very difficult. And you'll probably ask yourself when you hear these things, well, that's really difficult to do. Well, I will give you some ideas on how to do these things, but I'd also encourage you as a member of the 7-day or the 30-day program to use the tools that I've created in those programs that will make it much easier to apply these ideas. In particular, refer back to modules 1, 2 and 3 of the 30-day program and you'll find a lot more detail 
So refer back to those if you're on that program um, that will help to make this a lot easier. Alright, so what are these, what I call the keys of influence? And by the way, you need to do these in order. So although I'm mentioning them as three, they follow on from each other. So start with number one in your marriage or your relationship, then move on to two and number three. And you don't need to get it number one perfect before you move on to number two, but you will see they flow into each other and they do rely on you laying the foundation with the one before, before you move on to the next. Okay, <clears throat> so the key of influence number one, the first key to influencing your spouse in a positive way is fun. You've got to bring some fun. If you want to influence them, if you want to make them feel good about you and about yourself, you need to ha have a feeling of fun in your marriage or your relationship. Now I know you're thinking this is difficult when things are, c things are all going downhill fast. You're saying, how can I have any fun in my relationship, my marriage? My husband doesn't want to be there. All we do is fight. All we do is bicker. All, we, all he does is try to get away from uh, dealing with me and sorting out our problems and, relation and, and uh, issues in our marriage. We'll get to that about how to do it. But let me ask you, would you consider that you, your spouse associates you as being fun? Would you, do you think that they think you're fun to be around? So what maybe you used to be, you'd say. So what happened to the fun in your relationship? And you know, usually what happens in any marriage or relationship is we start out and there's lots of fun. And things are good. But then life comes along, doesn't it? And it throws us all these pressures and stresses. And we find that more and more of our time is not fun. It's dealing with problems. It could be to be financial problems or issues, things to do with a family. You know, children tend to come along most of the time. So we find more and more things coming in to stop us from having the joy and the fun and the lightheartedness that was in our marriage to start with. But the problem is that the lack of fun is a major reason that people drift apart. And very often you can see that that's why people begin to have an affair with somebody else, because it's fun. It's the one thing, or one of the three things, and we'll talk about the other two later in this podcast, it's one of the three things that's missing. We're, people go off with someone else because it's not fun being with their spouse or their partner. Alright, now I'm stating the obvious here and asking what is fun? But really think about it. Fun is being light-hearted. It's being easy about things. It's having lots of laughter, smiling a lot. And not only smiling and laughing a lot, but actually having reasons to laugh and smile. Genuine laughter and smiling. So fun that fun isn't focusing on your problems. It's not fun, is it, to work through problems? Who likes working through problems? Nobody. It's not being upset. It's not putting pressure on the other person. What fun is that when you're feeling under pressure? It's not judging someone, not judging how they think, not judging everything that they do. When pressure and judgment are there, there's no fun, is there? So you can see, and perhaps you can think really clearly about your present situation, that there's probably not a lot of fun there, that there's a lot of things there that are the opposite of fun. So how do you get fun back? Because it's critical, I think you can see. You need to have fun. All right, now I know it's not easy, 
and I know if you haven't switched this off already, you're probably thinking, this is crazy. How can I be fu have any fun or enjoyment in my situation? Now, I know it's not easy, but there are things you can do and you must do to get some fun back into your relationship because you need to get your husband associating you with fun. That's the, or your wife, of course. That's the only reason they might want to stay with you. So here's how you do it. First of all, you need to take the focus off your relationship and your problems. Many people who are trying to save their marriage and who are in a stressful situation with their marriage, and it is stressful, but that becomes their focus. They're continually thinking night and day about how bad things are, about their relationship, how they can make it better, how they can fix it, why it's going wrong, what's wrong, all of those things. And I know that's probably what's brought you to this podcast, that you want to change your marriage situation, you want to improve it, and that's fantastic. But you need to take a lot of the focus away from your relationship, particularly the negative things. Take your focus off the problems. Quite when I, And when I say take your focus off, it simply means stop thinking about it. Really listen to your thoughts. Really be aware of how much time you're spent in worrying, stress, concern, wanting things to be different, trying to figure out how things can be different, and they're simply not helping. Most of the time, all of those thoughts are not helping you, so just let them go. Change your focus. Think about something else. And I've covered this many times before in podcasts about things like gratitude. Think about what you can be grateful for in your life, and no matter where you are listening to this, I'd be willing to bet you're probably better off than 95% of people on the planet. You really are. So of course you have problems, but who doesn't? Everybody does. But you don't want to focus on that. Think about the things that are good in your life, and there will be good things, no matter where or who you are. So that's the first thing. Take the focus off your relationship and your problems. And the second thing, and this is actually not that difficult to do, it's very easy to do, and that is find some things to smile and laugh about in your life. And if you can't think of anything or find anything in your real life, find something that's distracting, that's entertaining, that makes you feel better. The key is how you feel. The better you feel, the more chance you have of saving your marriage, and not only that, but of having a great life. Because life is all about feeling good. That's why you want to save your marriage. That's why we do what we do. Anybody, we want to feel good. So look for things that are going to make you feel good. And they can be reading a funny book. You know, find a, find a humorous book that you can pick up and read. There's some wonderful comic-type books out there. One of my favourites that I often delve into is an Irish novel by Spike Milligan you might have heard of. He's a great comedian, dead now, of course, but... He wrote this wonderful book called Pakoon. It's a fantastic book. Makes me, every page will make you laugh and make you feel good. And that's, that's what it's all about. You can f switch on YouTube. Go to the YouTube channel. Think of a comedy series or an old comedy film that you used to like, that used to make you laugh. And you, you're bound to almost certainly find something on the internet, that you can, particularly on YouTube, that you can switch on and just make yourself laugh. Have a good laugh. Distract yourself. You know, people say, oh, well, I can't distract myself. I have to focus on my problems because if I'm not focusing on my problems, how, going to f how am I going to fix them? Well, I've said many times this before as well, that whatever you focus on grows. And if you're going to focus on your problems, you're just going to keep getting more problems. And I've never really seen 
success, true success, in people solving problems by focusing more and more on them with negativity, worry, concern, stress. Your problems, you'll be able to deal with them in a much better way, which prob- whatever problems you have left, if you're in a much better state of mind. So, and of course, obviously, when you're feeling better and you're lighthearted, more lighthearted to be around, your spouse is going to get a different feeling from you, a different energy. They're suddenly going to think, I don't feel so bad when I'm around them because actually they're not focusing on all the pressure and the negativity and all those things. I feel a little bit of fun perhaps with them. And some of these things, maybe you could share a funny story or a a funny YouTube video or a quote or something or a picture that you often find that go viral on the internet, something humorous, you might be able to share it with them. If not, it doesn't matter. But if you can, then it's another way to add some fun and enjoyment back into your relationship. So this is so key, the whole fun area. Don't underestimate it. Really figure out ways to make you feel better on a daily basis. Because how you feel is what it's all about. Okay. Key of influence number two. The second way to influence your your spouse in a positive way. After you've dealt with some fun. After you've got some fun back into your own life. And into your relationship as well. Is trust. This is so important. Does your spouse trust you? How are you going to be able to influence them? How are they going to listen to what you have to say? What you want to say? If they don't trust you? You know, can they really trust you in in expressing their true thoughts and feelings? Be honest with yourself. Can they be honest with you? Do you feel that? And you will know this on a, on a heart level, on a gut or intuitive level. You'll know the answer as to whether you know that they, whether they can trust you or not. But do they share their honest feelings with you? Or do they just put themselves and you in a situation where you feel they're trying to protect you from how they truly feel? And they're probably trying to protect themselves as well. Do they, in other words, do they not want to upset you by telling you how they truly feel? And maybe they say things to you, well, I love you but I'm not in love with you. Have you heard that one? Or have you heard the one, well, it's not you, it's me. All right, now, if they're saying things like that to you, you can be sure that they don't trust you. And, of course, if they're secretive, if they're doing things behind your back that you don't know about and you're not aware of and that they're not sharing with you, well, of course, they don't trust you. These are all signs that they don't trust you, isn't it? But you've got to get that trust back. If you want to influence them, If you want them to feel better about you and to come on board, if you like, in terms of staying with you, being prepared to be open to you, you have to get them to feel that they can trust you. All right, so how do you get them to trust you? Well, there are several important things to consider. The first one is, if you want them to stop, if you want them to trust you, you have to stop judging them. You have to stop judging their words or their actions. Instead of judging them, you have to accept them. You have to accept that how they feel is how they feel. And what they do is not only what they do, what they do, but they have the right to do it. You know, this is about some compassion as well. It's about not judging or not having them feel that they can't express their feelings with you because you're not going to be happy about it. So that's the first key. 
and really try this. Stop judging them. Stop thinking they shouldn't do that or they shouldn't think that or I'm worried about what they might think or what they might do or what they have done or what they've said. All of those things, just say they're entitled to to feel the way they feel and to do what they do and that is their right. That will show them that you trust them, that you're not that if they were to open up to you, you're not going to jump on them and say that you're upset by what they say or that you're going to try and change their mind about what they say. You're just going to accept it. That's really important. But the second key to getting someone else to trust you, particularly your spouse, is you've got to trust yourself. <laughs> now, and when you really think about it, if you, why would someone else, uh, why would someone else trust you if you don't trust yourself? This is so key. Now the way you need to trust yourself is you need to get to the place of saying that no matter what they say, what your spouse says, no matter what they do, you're going to be okay. You trust yourself that you're going to make the right decisions in your life for you to be okay, irrespective of what they do. And this is so key, because it means that what you're really saying is that your happiness doesn't depend on them, doesn't depend on someone else. You can trust yourself. So you're coming across as a trustworthy person. Now I go into a lot more detail in the seven day program about this and about you focusing on yourself in days two and three in particular. So really remind yourself, maybe revisit those modules if you, if you haven't done them recently. But it's so critical you've got to trust yourself. And the way that you do that, of course, is that you have to look at your fears. You have to look at why you're not trusting yourself. What are you afraid of that might happen? Are you afraid that you might make the wrong decision? Or that the wrong decision might be made? And that you don't have control over your life? But when you can build trust between your spouse and yourself, when they, can, when they know they can trust you not to overreact or not to react in a negative way to what they might say or do, they're going to be much more, more willing to open up to you. And then you're going to be able to influence them because they're not feeling bad by being around you and by expressing themselves. And it's going to take all that negative pressure off, isn't it? So it's going to create a much better atmosphere that allows you to influence them, that allows you to, to show them what you want and what you, even if you think it's best for both of you. You're going to be able to do that if you can build some trust. And let's face it, we all like being around people who make us feel good and we can be, we can feel trusted around and when your spouse can feel that they're much more likely to want to be around you than someone else so the key of influence number three which is quite similar to trust is respect how much do you and your spouse respect each other now this is quite similar to trust isn't it but it is different in subtle ways really how much respect is there in relation in your relationship and how much do you, respect do you show for your spouse? How much do you really how much do they feel that you respect them? Maybe not a lot. And here's another thing you might not have thought about. How much respect do you show for yourself? And we'll get into a little bit of detail about what that means um, as we get into this. You know, there are many people when they're trying to save their marriage, they take away any sense of respect for their spouse. They don't respect their spouse's feelings, their spouse's wishes, what they want. If your husband or your wife or your partner says to you, 
I'm not happy. I don't want to be with you. I don't think our relationship is right. I think I need to be with someone else. I, need to, I think I need to go somewhere else. Do you respect what they say? Do you respect how they feel? Or do you immediately, as we talked about a little bit earlier, do you immediately get upset? Do you judge them? Do you think they're wrong? Do you try and change their mind? Do you do all those things that show them that you, you don't respect how they feel? Can you see how important this is? I'm sure you can. If you look at it from your spouse's point of view, who wants to be around someone who doesn't respect them? Who doesn't, who doesn't feel or who's trying to change them and tell them that, that, that what they're doing is wrong? I mean, your husband or your wife, they're doing their best. They're doing what they think is right for them. They're trying to be happy. And even though it might appear like it sometimes that they're doing it out of spite, they're not really. They're trying to protect themselves. So you need to show them that you respect them for the fact that they're an adult person. They're entitled to their own feelings. They're entitled to their own wishes. They're entitled to their own life, really, without having somebody who's trying to change their mind all the time and make them feel that they're making the wrong decision. So really it comes down to asking, what is respect? And really respect is quite simple. It's showing but many people have missed this, believe me, and perhaps you have. Respect is really showing true appreciation for the other person and who they are, who they really are, not who you would like them to be. So that means not trying to change them or change their mind, their feelings, their thoughts, their actions, or trying to make them feel wrong. You respect the person for who they are, who they really are, not who you would like them to be if you think they should be somebody different. So how do you do this? And remember, I make this point, and I'm sure you can see it now, that it's so key, isn't it, to influencing your spouse. When, when they feel respected, that you truly respect them, that you don't judge them, but you look up to them, if you like, and respect them as, as being a wonderful person, they're going to be much more open to dealing with you and to respecting you as well of course. So how do you respect? How do you bring back the respect into your relationship? How do you respect your spouse? Well firstly, as I've said, you need to accept that they have the right to their own thoughts, feelings and actions. Now so many people I talk to, they don't do this. They don't accept that their spouse, they, they think their spouse is wrong. And not only do they think it, they make it very clear to their spouse that they are wrong and that they should change, they should go to counselling, they should not give up what they've got. They should do and be and act differently, and that they should feel guilty and bad for doing what they are doing or what they've done. But that's not going to build respect. You need to show them you respect them by firstly accepting that they really do have the right to do... I mean, you don't own them. You know, marriage is not a, a piece of paper of ownership. It's a contract of a relationship where two people are supposed to contribute on a voluntary basis, really. <laughs> that's the idea of a, uh, that's the definition of an ideal relationship where two people want to be there, and that's the only reason there is only reason they're there is because they want to be, no other reason. So you don't own your spouse or your partner. You don't have a right over their feelings and their thoughts and their actions. So. You need to respect that. You need to accept that they, and they alone, have the right to their own thoughts, feelings, and actions. 
So that means allowing them to think, feel and do what they want to think, feel and do. Obviously this is within reason. It doesn't mean they, they hurt you on any physical or any you know, serious level. But you do need to give them some space and respect the fact that what they think, feel and do, they have the right to think, feel and do. You allow them to do that. And here's another way to look at it, or another thing you can do, and that is to switch the way you actually feel about them. Because at the moment, I'm sure you're probably thinking a lot of negativity about them, that they should be doing different things. They should be, as we said, working on the marriage. They shouldn't be hurting you, and all, etc., etc. But think about all of the things that you could admire and respect them for. And you might want to get out a piece of paper and really give this some sort of thought and start writing a few things down and not only writing them down, but referring to them regularly about things that you could admire and respect them for, things that are good about them. And remember what I said earlier in one of my constant themes, whatever you focus on grows. So if you focus on their good side, that's the side you're going to see more of in your relationship. Another key thing to developing respect for your spouse is you've got to develop respect for yourself. You've got to develop respect for yourself. Now, don't think respecting your spouse means that you have to be a doormat. And some people do that. They think, well, I'll really respect them and I'll do all these things for them and I'll be a doormat. But when you think about it, all that does, not only does it build up resentment in you, it also puts pressure on them because they know that you're only doing it to try and change their mind. So you're not doing it out of respect for them. You're, you're sending the message... I don't think you're doing the right thing or thinking the right thing, but if I do these things, I'll be able to change your mind. You don't want to do that. So the way you respect yourself then is what we talked about a bit earlier, and it's very similar. You don't make your own happiness or even your own survival dependent on them. You've got to respect the fact that you are going to be okay, that you're a good person, that you've got strength and good qualities, and you don't need them, you don't need anybody to determine how your life is going to turn out. Now this, this is a big area, and I can't cover it all in this podcast, and I think we're running out of time. But this is a very big area that you need to work on. Why don't you respect yourself? Why don't you trust yourself? And it's largely to do with your fears. Fears of things that you think are going to happen or not going to happen if your marriage fails and you don't feel in control of your life. So you need to work on feeling respect for yourself and knowing that you're going to be okay. Working on your on building strength and strong qualities within yourself. Because when you think about it, how can you expect anyone else to respect you if you don't respect yourself? So work on developing respect for yourself and for your spouse. And I think when you do, you'll see some really good things start to happen. When your, when your spouse starts to feel that you respect them and that you feel respect for yourself, then they're going to feel a lot better about you. And you're going to be, again, you're going to be able to influence them in a much more powerful and positive way. All right, so those are the three keys of influence. The three things that I think makes the biggest difference, rather than pleading and begging and hoping and being upset that you're going to somehow be able to manipulate your spouse into wanting to, to stay, to, to work on your marriage with you, and to do the things that need to be done to create a great relationship. 
Look at these three keys that really are the things that people in great relationships do to influence each other. And they're probably what worked for you in the early days when you really think about it in terms of creating positive change and development and fulfillment for you in your marriage. So thanks very much for listening. That's all we've got time for for this episode. Keep working through the programs if, you've, if you're um, enrolled in those. There's a lot of information in there that will, will get clearer for you over time as you listen and re-listen and, and redo those exercises in the programs. And I'm sure that they're going to make the difference for you. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to talking to you again. All the best and bye for now. Thank you.